This is reposted. Every morning, Larry and I dig into a quote or idea that has caught our eye. Our hope is that our chat inspires you to never stop thinking and possibly challenges you in a new way. Thank you for stopping by. Today's quote about grandstanding comes from professors Justin Tosi and Brandon Warmke, who wrote a fabulous book called Grandstanding, The Use and Abuse of Moral Talk. Many grandstanders are in a moral arms race. They aren't trying to figure out the truth. They're just trying to impress their audience. You know, there is nothing probably worse in the world than a grandstander. Along with cats, if I was God for a minute, I'd eliminate grandstanding. However, I will say there have been times in my life that I've grandstanded. So here's the definition of a grandstander. The action of behaving in a showy or ostentatious manner in an attempt to attract favorable attention from spectators or the media. Is there anyone out there who likes Grandstander, Andrew? I mean, I think um, gutturally everyone does because otherwise it, w- it wouldn't be a successful uh, endeavor to grandstand. I mean, grandstanding sells. When, when, when you sent this to me, the first thing that popped in my mind was Stephen A. Smith. And anyone that's not <laughs> necessarily familiar with sports talk, like he is one of the most outspoken commentators and he's had a very long career because he's passionate about everything he says, whether he actually believes it or not. So grandstanding sells, but when you get back and you, you walk away from whatever that situation was or article or, or video, I think most people would be like, well, that was annoying but maybe that's just me. I don't necessarily resonate with grandstanding. Like when I, I think of it, I'm like, I'm, I, I've done it before in my life. And then I was like, wait a minute, what is grandstanding? I think at the heart of grandstanding, and this is true by research, is you're just trying to improve your status, right? And so I thought about like playing, trying to play golf, right? And I get nervous before playing golf, but it's just a game and it doesn't matter. Why am I nervous? It's because I want to improve my status with my friends to be a better golfer. So we're all looking at some way, shape, or form to improve our status. That's why we grandstand. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And um, I don't I guess also it feels like what grandstanding could be could be a subjective definition. Like you could be giving a passionate speech about something and I could be like, stop grandstanding. And you'd be like, well, no, I'm not. I'm just trying to help you. I'm not trying to help myself. Like cult leaders, I think are really good at grandstanding, getting people to follow you. Like people that are very charismatic, um, get people to follow you, which I guess at the end of the day is for their own, um, their own gain, but kind of like what you say about not you, but what they say about villains, uh, in movies is they don't realize that they're evil. So like, I'm not sure that the person grandstanding in the moment necessarily sets out to accomplish the definition of what that is i have this theory about grand grandstanders and people who shout the loudest about an issue is that they're audible processors and they're trying to work out their own issues in front of all of us for instance there's lots of preachers out there one was like the head of the baptist coalition and it was very anti-gay marriage anti-gay people in general comes out he's having a gay affair (laughs) i feel like a lot of times people are trying to work out their issues in front of all of us and they do it in the form of grandstanding. Yeah. And it, it, 
it, it they probably thrive off the attention that you get. I mean, if you want to, I mean, I don't know if this is grandstanding, but just back to it being entertaining is like if you're watching an interview of a sports figure, a celebrity, or just anyone, like if if you give short answers, it's not interesting. Like you want someone to have a passionate a passion behind whatever they're saying. And you could argue that's what it is. Like, what was it like working on the set of the Titanic? If uh, Leo is like, yeah, it was good. That's not interesting. But being like, it was such a transformative experience for me to work with such a great director and such other great crew. Like that's interesting, which maybe you could say is grandstanding, but it's entertaining. Yeah. You know, you think about like the olden days, I don't know how, or you want to go back maybe to Roman times or whatever, but like the grandstander would be the person that stood in the street and gave some big oratory response. Everybody would look at him, as opposed to like now where everybody's grandstanding on social media. So there's all sorts of noise. We've just, it, it, they, these guys use the term that wrote this book as it's like nuclear warfare. We are literally just gouging up nukes so that we can shout the loudest. Yeah, and I guess you could look at it as like, are you going to use this tool for good or for evil? And it's a powerful thing that you can use either way. And being back to going back to being subjective, it's uh, depending on how people view uh, you using your message. There's also an art to it. Like uh, there's people that I don't think could successfully grandstand. Yeah. Like, hey, go out and, and preach a message. Um, I can think of people that would be very bad at that. A lot of people use moral talk to humiliate and shame the people that they don't like. But the funny thing about the world is that we're all different. And we all like my view is not necessarily the right view. It's just my view. And so in this world, why do we humiliate people just because they have the different view? I mean, that's essentially the problem with, I think, the America right now. Yeah, it's it's us trying to put our beliefs onto someone else being like, well, this is how I would react in, in this situation. And because you're not reacting the same way I would, you're wrong. Like morally, this is what you should do. Like um, you, you come to me and have an angry neighbor. I would be like, hey, go knock on their door and have a very heartfelt discussion with them. You might not want to do that. And then all of a sudden I'm projecting onto you more morally, like what I should be, what I think you should be doing. And we see that come across through, uh, it, it manifests the most through political arguments or political stances. Totally. But it, it, it goes over all factions of society, right? Mark Zuckerberg is trying to make more money instead of doing what's right. Preaching to teen girls about anorexia politicians all the time. Donald Trump was not the best of guys. And they're all these Republicans are leaking themselves to him because they want to get elected. And are you doing what's right? Or are you trying to make a point or more money? Well, I mean, that's kind of interesting that you make that Zuckerberg point, because I'm not saying I disagree with you, but that's you placing your moral compass onto him. Like maybe for him, the right thing to do is make the most out of life and make the most money possible. And or like uh, your arbitrary example of uh, preaching to anorexic teen girls, like maybe you should be trying to do some other cause like it. Even in small examples, I think it comes across. I, I do like that you do try to out me there, but I do think with Facebook, I think everybody would agree their use of targeting teen girls and photos and their emotions 
that's morally bankrupt. <laughs> no, I'm not you, saying you, I disagree with you. I'm just saying that's someone else's moral uh, moral stance. It's, isn't that it's everybody's morals a, that we shouldn't target teens, girls whose brains have not fully been developed yet to about comparing them to others and they should not eat? I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't think that should be done, but that, okay, let's put it on me. That's me putting my moral <laughs> compass on, uh, on Mark Zuckerberg. I want to back to the very beginning of this episode. What do you have against cats? <laughs> you know, honestly, I swear to you, if I was God for a minute, I'd eliminate grandstanders and all cats. Uh, first of all, I just have allergies. So cat hair kind of drives me crazy and cats are mean. They're not fun. Who needs cats? What about, what about lions? I'm 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 undecided on lions. So house cats, house cats, house cats. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, if you also hate Mondays and hate Garfield, <laughs> please reach out. You can find us at Reposted Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm Andrew Keller for Lasagna Larry. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs>